Hello, Ickle Firsties. We wanted to give you a heads up that Peeves has caused some mischief in this episode and my audio is a little wonky. Please bear with us during this episode. We have fixed the issue and we will be back to normal next week. Chapter Page to Screen Analysis of the Harry Potter series. I'm Faraday. I'm James. And I'm Meads. How are you guys doing today? <sighs> We're good. It's good weather. Harry Potter can't complain. Everything. Yes. <laughs> well, today we are analyzing Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Chapter 2, The Vanishing Glass, in minutes 408 to 832 of the film. We are finally introduced to the film Dursleys, portrayed by Richard Griffiths, Fiona Shaw, and Harry Melling. It's Dudley's birthday, and Harry finally gets to go on the birthday trip, only to experience an interesting exchange and land himself back in his cupboard. There will be spoilers ahead. You've been warned, Dickle Thirsties. And now, without further ado, let's cause some mischief. a little addendum to our conversation from the last episode where we discussed that we thought chapter one would be the perfect dispersed episode. But in this chapter, throughout the chapter, throughout the chapter, we get Harry's memories of the abuse that the Dursleys have caused him. And I thought that would be kind of a good montage. Yeah. For the first episode. And then maybe, maybe get this chapter um, as part of that first episode, or maybe kind of lead into it. What do you guys think? Mm-hmm. Like the, you mean you're talking? I'm sorry, you're talking about the first episode of the show, right? Yeah, I, um, well, yeah, because I guess I could see it going either way. If they added, like we talked about last episode, if they made sure to actually like add in lots of the really fun stuff that was written in the book like so they could I think that they absolutely could fill up a whole episode with that but I also would be fine if they did like a montage of the next 10 years kind of thing like I I think I'd be fine either way as long as they like I guess it depends on how long the episodes are going to be too um but as long as they expand like that's the thing that I exactly uh, that I want, and I think all of us Harry Potter fans want is just uh, you know a more expanded story. So however they do it is fine, just as long as they're actually showing a lot more of the background. I was actually under the impression that episode um uh, episode two would be chapters two and three together because I felt like that was a little bit more of a um, more of an expanded thing, especially if the episode's going to be like 45 minutes to to an hour, which I think would be like really good. But like even if it was just like a regular 30 minutes, like I still think combining those two would necessarily be just as good because ending on Hagrid coming into the house, which you know, this, that's chapter three, but ending on that happening would be way cooler because then we're like oh what's gonna happen for like the new people who doesn't like who mm-hmm. don't know what's going on because then they gotta wait an entire week before the next episode to come out to figure out what's is. going on okay like who this is, is vernon dursley is, running away from this is what they gotta do so first episode is like not just the first chapter but if they can tease that out even more because there's a lot that's kind of kind of left to the imagination but I guess like stuff that gets filled in in later books as far as you know Harry's parents and I don't know if they could do something like that I feel like that would be cool but that might give you know they couldn't do too much of it because they don't want to give away the story but if they could like you know show more 
oh like we talked about last time we're like dirt burning just like walking down the street and like you know like that sort of thing so if they really like played that out a lot I do absolutely think that they could still do a really solid first episode and then yeah James I do agree where episode two and or chapters two and three would be fine as a combined episode if they wanted to do that I guess I would be fine if they still split it up because as long as they're just putting more detail into it but it does make it would make sense to have two and three be together or kind of like a blend of Sarah Day what you had suggested and then James what you had suggested where they do like kind of a montage leading into it and then like starting on Dudley's birthday that could be the start of episode two but like kind of that background information about how Harry's been treated for the last 10 years could be part of episode one Right, so I definitely agree that chapter two and chapter three will be a great second episode because we're about to talk about all the trip to the zoo and everything, and then we know um, the next chapter is pretty much Harry getting his, or trying to get his letter, and then the following chapter is Hagrid's arrival. Um, and I agree, James, I think the boom on the door, um, if I'm remembering correctly, would be a great cliffhanger. Um, but and it's fun that we're doing this this way because when I'm rewatching the film, I'm kind of, or rereading the books even, I'm kind of imagining what the show could be. Mm-hmm. And when I said the, so okay, the film, we drop Harry off on the doorstep and it zooms in on his scar and then zooms out on his scar as an 11 year old. And I think the show could kind of play with that on the first episode where um, we, we, I do want to see more of the Dursleys like we talked about last time and then have a quick montage of all these things, you know, Dudley beating up Harry, um, the haircut, the jumping on the roof, all of that. And then the cliffhanger for episode one is banging on the door and it's the morning of Dudley's birthday and then it cuts off or, um, now that I'm saying it out loud, I don't love it. Um, no, no but I doesn't... like but I like this I just think that we're really smart and we're playing around with a lot of really good ideas right now yeah <laughs> I like theorizing about how they're going to handle it I think that's well fine. because there's so many different ways they can handle it yeah but yeah. I really think that when it comes to the second episode having maybe the montage be the beginning of the episode would be better because we ended yeah, with Harry definitely. being on this doorstep and my perfect ending of the episode is Aunt Petunia screaming to like when she opens the door and sees a baby Uh, that's how (laughs) I want it to happen I probably won't happen but I just I want it that way but then like the beginning of the second episode we see this boy uh this tiny boy interacting with another tiny boy and then like it shows up to the next like the next year and the next year and the next year and then the next year and then it could just go oh here we go it goes it starts off with two babies next to each other like in the living room and then it says like year one or whatever and then they're year two yes. and like it has like the kids leave the room and it comes in it's like a small it's like gonna be an editing masterpiece but basically the kids are growing up as the years go by up until the year 11 when it's yes. Dudley's, birthday. Dudley's birthday oh my gosh yes and they, you can show you can show all these things that happened in chapter two like Dudley beating up Harry and harry asking about his parents and all this other stuff and it's just all in the same room yeah but the care the actors and the characters are moving in and out of that room but years are passing by i think that's a great idea yeah i was brilliant i mean i didn't have a whole editing masterpiece in my head the way that you just (laughs) did but i was thinking along the same lines like there are so many um like funny scenes or like funny images that she puts into the reader's heads with um like Harry you know getting caught in the wind in midair and landing on top of the roof like I mean like so many things like that that I think would have been so funny if we could have seen that on screen so I really hope that they do put all of those in there and there I think that that would be such a great idea to have it like all happen within the same room as much as possible and um and just show like really show Because you just, you get a sense in the movies 
that the Dursleys aren't good to Harry, of course, like they do make that come across, but it feels, to me, it feels a little bit forced. It's like, okay, they wrote them bad and we're supposed to know that they're bad to him as family members, but, um, or bad caretakers, whatever. But I think that showing all of those little moments would develop the story and the characters a little bit more and then it makes it more powerful like obviously later on as more things happen um you know in later books and later in the plot line and then like if good things happen with the dursleys or if there's a connection between harry and them it makes it even more powerful because you see more details um like we do in the book so i hope that they do some type of montage in the show i think that that would be that would be see, so great to see now that. they just gotta hire me and right. No, that I was brilliant. That. <laughs> well, it's good that we're starting this podcast now while they're like just getting started with um figuring out who they're going to cast in the show and everything because now there's like, you know, there's going to be ample opportunity for them to listen to our podcast and be like, "Oh, well, we got to get these three on board for sure." <laughs> so, we're starting this at a yeah, perfect if time. If they come to me and say, "Hey, I want you to like help produce this show. Would you be able mm-hmm. to do that?" And I'd be like, "Yeah. Uh on one condition, you bring on my two friends as well." Let's, can't do it without them. I'm so Hufflepuff of you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I speaking of the Dursleys and how they treat Harry, and I think you're right, Meeks. Like the movies just don't do that mistreatment justice that the books really do. And I want these. I want to hate them. You know, like they are terrible people. Um, I don't know that I necessarily want to hate them to the point of, like, Joffrey Baratheon from Game of Thrones, or even Umbridge, for that matter. Because right. you're right, there we do have to appreciate that character arc at the end, um, and, you know, you never, you never end up liking Joffrey Baratheon. But um, I do not want to like these people. Yeah, in, it's, it's not like they're evil, it's just they hate the un- unnatural the in yeah. the stuff that isn't normal to them they're they're scared they're more than anything and when they're scared they lash out like any type of animal would like i'm not i'm not trying to purposely compare them to animals but in reality like they kind of are in a sense because they're they're scared and when when something is scared the normal reaction is either fight or flight yeah, and I mean that's, that's fair, what they're doing they do, all the time. That's fair, but they do shove a child in a closet for eleven years. But absolutely, you're right. They're not. It is out of fear, but I do not want to like these people. Um, and not that I like the movie versions of them necessarily, but I want to hate them. <laughs> and yeah, I think were... there's plenty of opportunity to do that in this chapter, and I think. Uh, as you're there making the TV show, like you should be able to add even a little bit more things into it that kind of just add more depth to it than the book does and make it so you're just like, oh, because I think the Dursleys are going to be part of the show for like the first two to three episodes. Yeah, Honestly. I they they should. The first two. Yeah. They have. I mean, it would be not good if they didn't do that, I think. And um I mean, just looking at the beginning of the of this chapter, talking about how, you know, the privet drive looks exactly the same. The sun rises the same, which I mean, obviously the sun's going to rise the same, but like it, lo- everything mm-hmm. looks the same. And so she's JK's describing it in that way. And only the photographs on the mantelpiece really showed how much time had passed. Ten years ago, there had been lots of pictures of what looked like a large pink beach ball wearing different colored bonnets. <laughs> and then riding his first bicycle on a carousel at the fair playing a computer game I think that even showing that shows so much you know and so we just didn't really get much of that in the um in the movie and of course you know they had to condense things for time but I think even adding in those little details because JK really painted a picture and really said a lot with you know simple little paragraphs like that but it it really you know it, it paints the whole picture of that that whole life that they were living and what Harry had to go through and I and she knows comedy well and so there's a lot of things that she writes in there that are like really subtly funny and in the movies they they didn't add very much of that in and so I would I hope that in the show they take the time to add in a lot of those subtle 
comments that people make that J.K. Rowling writes or um, descriptions of, you know, the, the scene or whatever. I, I hope that we get that in the show. Well, moving on, it is the morning of Dudley's birthday, and unfortunately, Miss Fig can't watch Harry, and um, Dudley's pretty upset about that, mm-hmm. of course, um, and in the film, we don't even get any of that, like, there's not even... Yeah. Mrs. Fig isn't even ongoing. introduced into the universe until, like, movie five. Until she's important, right? And I don't, <laughs> I don't like that, because it was already, um, it, it was, a, like, a shock, when she later on in the books like became important but it made it was like well we at least know who that character is which is what made it a shock but I feel like for the for the movie when she did show up I feel like people and I could be wrong so I would be interested listeners if those who and we can obviously talk about this more when we get to later books and she does become more important but I would be really curious how people who watched the movies but didn't read the books how they reacted to miss fig at one point being important important right. like that just i feel like i would have been so thrown off and you well, know and it starts yeah, right it's here just a random the neighbor right yeah from, from the movie perspective right well, and, and I, there's know. more to that too it was like not just mrs fig but like we get to learn about aunt marge and we mm-hmm. get to learn about dudley's friends and all of right. these guys have bigger things they show up in the movies they do but they all have bigger roles in the books that we get to build off of uh, ever since like the first the first book and we kind of just like we get to see some of those play out a little bit more and we ever see Dudley's gang in the film no and that's one of the things that I wrote down we don't see him until book five and any of them until book five and none of them are named and that's actually one thing that I wrote down in this chapter was I wish that they would have immediately introduced his friend right away because it was such a big it was such a big deal in Harry's world you know when he was living with the Dursleys because they were bullying him and they picked on him and it was so important for Dudley's character for him to have that friendship group that he could control and kind of manipulate and stuff and um I, and they That's just the whole that out the whole reason harry doesn't have friends at school because Dudley's gang will beat them up for talking to harry yeah and you don't even see that in the movie about harry not really having friends i mean it's kind of implied just because you see like oh he's a sad lonely boy but like (laughs) you don't see any of those details and i think that that's like you know again something that needs to be expanded upon for his character and um so i hope that they take the time to do that because yeah i as soon as i saw piers polkas's name in this chapter, I was like, oh, my God, they didn't even put any of that in the movie. So with Dudley's birthday and nobody being able to watch Harry, they peers arrives right as they're trying to figure out what to do with him. And they're kind of now just forced to take him to the zoo. So... Now Harry gets to go somewhere that he's never get to, like he's never gone before. It's out of his normal routine. It's not school. It's not at home. It's not with Mrs. Fig. It, it's something brand new, and that's all he could wish for is that exciting opportunity to go and be normal, which is kind of sad. But it, I mean, it just you can tell his excitement of the book, and you can. I, I think that's something that was taken out of the movie, uh, essentially, because I don't think he like he got we got to see any kind of excitement. He kind of just was like, "Oh, I guess we gotta watch him." No, He's Vernon with just us. like grabbed his hair and said, "You know, oh no, no, that was after he got back." Vernon told him outside of the car, "No, no funny, funny business,", business. No and it was kind of like again, it's like implied. Okay, the Dursleys are mean to him, and you know, poor Harry can't do anything. But yeah, it's not. It's a lot clearer in the book, and it's a lot more teased out in a good way. And um, so, yeah, it just kind of <laughs> it falls flat a little bit in the movie. Um, one thing I thought of when we were reading this trip to the zoo, um, she's complaining about everything, Vernon is, and he's complaining about motorcycles. Mm-hmm. And Harry's like, oh, I had this dream about motorcycles. And Vernon gets really upset about flying motorcycles because 
sick. And not that it's out of place for him because he does not like anything that's not normal. But I thought it would be fun if, James, you had this idea for the last episode for a, just a, a, a flash into the Dursley's room and, like, Vernon, like, sniffles as um, Dumbledore and McGonagall are outside. What if that's the motorcycle arriving and he actually sees a flying motorcycle then he's like, no, no, I'm just dreaming. I'm going back to sleep. And that's why he's so <laughs> upset about a flying motorcycle. That would be and, I mean, it has to be something like that. It's either that or it's in the letter. Because mm. he just, he gets so angry yeah. about this flying motorcycle. Yeah. I, I, again, that was another thing that I, and I really... I really don't like to be to sound this negative about, you know, entertainment stuff because overall I absolutely enjoy the movies, loved them when they came out, love rewatching them. So I hate that, you know, I sound so negative, but we are doing an analysis and there are a lot of things that they miss that we feel like they could have um, put into the movies and, you know, they would have improved the plot line and the character development and stuff. But that motorbike scene where Vernon gets really mad about the motorbike, Harry mentioning the motorbike, that is another thing that I feel like that's, you know, a big clue, like, that uh, there's something bigger than Harry realizes that the Dursleys aren't telling him, and which is, of course, why J.K. wrote that into the book. And so I feel like um, that would have been, um, again, more, um, more just character insight i guess into vernon because we just we know that he's not good but something like that some like totally irrational response to a motorbike you know and like if they had shown dreams that harry was having like just little clips of dreams kind of like another montage of him dreaming about the motorbike then it would have um it would have made more sense that like he just mentions it as a dream and then vernon freaks out about it and i, I don't know i just i would have loved to have seen that scene happen and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with sounding negative to like I know I, I, I know we hate <laughs> feeling negative because we really do like these movies and yeah. these movies are very, a really big part of our childhoods because they helped us kind of envision what this world would look like and these actors brought our these beloved characters to life that we just love to death and all this stuff so like I don't think anything's wrong with that but when we're completing an analysis <laughs> we're ana analyzing what the movies brought to the table and what the books brought to the table and what the TV shows can bring yes. to the table. And so Thank you, James. it's not necessarily us being negative. It's more of just the fact that, oh, I hope that there is more time and more effort put into some of these characters that didn't get the chance to shine Mm -hmm. uh, in the movies like they did in the books because seeing that in portrayed would become something uh, a little bit more depth like a little bit more character involved a little bit more um, <clears throat> pizzazz uh, sometimes in some cases uh, but basically creating a overall well-developed story that adds to what we already are experiencing and we kind of just want to experience a little bit more and get yeah. all of that lovely moments, all those fun moments, those entertaining moments, uh, <laughs> entertainment, um, with, even, that we didn't get to have in the movies that will just yeah. add to the experience. Even when Harry asks about um, how he got his scar and Petunia just says, in the car crash where your parents died, don't ask questions, which I think we kind of touched on that, like being a part of the montage maybe that they do, but even showing that I feel like would, um, would help with seeing that development from both of those characters and seeing like the dynamic between Harry and the Dursleys. And I think something else that this montage will help with, um, <laughs> for instance, um, we don't see it in the films, but in, they finally get to the zoo, right? And Mr. and Mrs. Dursley, I like you said, using ice cream for deadly injury. Mm -hmm. And then aren't even going to think about Harry except for the girl in the windows. Like, what would you want? And they just give him a little lemon bar. Um, so things like that, it's not out of the blue if we get 10 years of this mistreatment. Right. Which right. is why I think this episode came, like, 
this chapter can be an episode into itself because mm-hmm. it just de- its whole purpose is developing the relationship between Harry and the Dursleys, and right. whether it whether it's thirty or forty minutes, and maybe they can add a few more things to it. It really is taking the time and showing how much Harry wants to have a normal life, but he can't because some reason his uh, his relatives just don't like him, and he doesn't know why. Because he does, he's never had the ability to find out who he is, and he doesn't know who he is. He he's he talks about this with the snake. He us in, in the movie. He kind of just like, I don't have, I I don't know who my parents are, and I don't know if it necessarily. I can't remember off the top of my head if that was kind of like addressed in the books for any reason. But um, there are but times him him not knowing his parents. Yeah, him not knowing his parents and just not know, like knowing where he comes from. Right. No, he does. Wait, no. I'm looking at the book right now. Sorry, we don't need to make the listeners wait for me to look at this. Yeah, just a little bit. Like, that um, That sentence right there is just going to be gone now. Yeah, well, let's just cut this really quick. Let me just look to make sure. Um, I get that all the time. When the snake rolled his eyes, Harry said, I know it must be really annoying. Where do you come from? Comes from Brazil. Was it nice there? I see. So you've never been to Brazil. And then Dudley shows up. So yeah, in the book, they don't even cover that, which is. But there are other parts of the chapter that kind of shows that he doesn't really know who he is. And and he kind of he wants to know more about his parents, but he doesn't because every time he brings it up, Aunt Petunia is like, nope, don't you even dare talk about that. And I'm sure that's why they put that sentence into the the snake scene in the movie, because they didn't have that. Yeah, I was just thinking it's it's completely two different conversations, really. Yeah. The book and the that Harry has with the snake in the book and in the film. Right. Which is interesting because then like when when they were getting in the car to go to the zoo in the movie it was like word for word almost what vernon says in the book so it's interesting how that happens a lot with the movies where they'll they'll add in something word for word from the book but it but then they'll like kind of skip over a lot of other stuff and actually going back to when we were talking about marge and mrs fig um in the in the movie when harry that's when harry oh wait no no that's in the next chapter right never mind okay Sorry, I'll hold that for the next, uh, when we do the next episode. I was thinking that it was this one and I just missed it, so. <laughs> Never mind. Sorry, so, basically, Harry talks to the snake and Dudley pushes him over and Pierce joins in. And Harry's just so angry that the glass disappears. And okay, Before we get to that, though, I have a question for you guys. Because <laughs> we know that Harry can speak to the snake because he can speak parcel tongue. Do you want to see any Easter eggs at this point in time, or do we want that to be a completely 100% reveal in the next season, I suppose? I Ooh. think... That's a good question. I think that's something that can be teased, because now we know he talked yeah. to... Like, when we first discovered it, in when we were like reading Chamber of Secrets and watching the movie, we were like... Oh, that totally makes sense. But we're going to have a lot of viewers of this new show that are going to be like, I know that's Possil Tongue. And the new viewers are, who like never know about Harry Potter at all are kind of just like, what are you talking about? Uh, so I think they're going to, I think they're going to tease a, in a thing where they're like, oh, it's Possil Tongue. Um, but the new viewers aren't really going to know until season two when it's played off a little bit more well i guess we should look at what the king of easter eggs would do which is marvel and i think that they would do a teaser for some type of easter egg for it and i mean it what they could do something like they show from harry and the snake's perspective like they're talking like they did in the movie but then they could like cut over maybe to dudley watching them and i Pierce is the one at the end of the chapter that was like, oh, and Harry was talking to it. Yeah. Maybe it's Pierce that hears, like, this strange 
the hissing. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. Like you're like an outside character here hissing. That would I be think good. that that would be cool because that would be, yeah, that would be like a good lead in. So that because it's you like kind of remember it just because it's a dramatic scene, but I feel like that would that would be enough of a of an easter egg where you still wouldn't know what was going on if you hadn't read or watched anything beyond the first book or movie um or show i guess and so i feel like that would be that would be enough of an easter egg to make you remember it but not enough to like give away what happened definitely yeah on the other the other thing they could do is we just see Harry speaking English to, to our ears, but the snake is just hissing, and maybe there's, like, captions on the bottom. So, like, he's understanding the hissing. Um, and so newer viewers could be like, oh, he's just using his imagination to have a conversation with the snake. But people like us that know, know he's actually, like, hissing back at him. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so I'm in that that part of the chapter where Piers Piers was calming down enough to say Harry was talking to it, weren't you, Harry? And then Uncle Vernon waited until Piers was safely out of the house before starting on Harry. And so I feel like it's implied that not only was Uncle Vernon waiting for Piers to leave so that he could punish Harry, but also because Uncle Vernon knew it was something to do with magic and he didn't want Piers to like um, be thinking about that at all like that they would have any association with it so yeah i feel like that would be really cool if piers well if piers existed in the show but if he noticed something or yeah some outside character seeing something i feel like that would be a really cool easter egg even like a zookeeper walking by and just yeah a little kid hissing <laughs> yeah yeah something I'm so not that thinking much of it right because it you know when you're the viewer or the reader, like in this case, when we were reading it, we didn't know that anything was going on. It just looked like Harry was, you know, he has literally nobody to talk to. So he's just finding some commonality with this poor snake yeah, well, that's in the zoo. We're we're the perspective of Harry here. Like, she, right. JK is putting us in the perspective of Harry. And all Harry hears is the snake talking back to him. Right. Because that's how Harry can hear them. But everybody else around him can't hear the words that they're saying because it's a completely different language. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think it would behoove the writers mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. to have the opportunity to go have him speaking to the snake and with somebody passing by it and just being like, what the? And like hearing this kid go, see ya, see ya. Yeah. Uh, Good question. I can't today. wait. Thank you. Um, I can't wait for the show to come out. And, I know. Like, <laughs> listen back to these episodes and compare our that, our predictions. That'll be fun. Well, I mean, by that point, we'll be working on the show, so you're right. So we'll we'll know. <laughs> yeah. Basically, listeners, this is the show. <laughs> Just get ready. You're getting we're, insider information right we're now. We're giving crazy. you all of these high <laughs> expectations of what the show should be, mm. and you're going to be severely disappointed oh, no. when it comes out. I know. I was going to say we're going to ruin it for them. <laughs> um, so. Well, Meeks, you already said, yes, we get back home, and Pierre says he was talking to the snake, and um, Vernon waits for him to leave. Um, Wait, can I say one more thing before you move on to that next part? One of the things, again, that I thought was so, like, so subtly funny in the book, um, and that I hope that we can see either the same thing or something really similar in the show, is when one of the the zookeeper workers makes Aunt Petunia a cup of strong sweet tea while he apologizes. I feel like... Something like that would be so funny to watch, you know, just like how dramatic and I mean, it is pretty crazy to have a boa, of course, like slithering through the zoo. But like, if you think about in the real world, when you are some type of retail worker or customer service person and something crazy happens at the place that you're working and you have to just like calm everybody down, even though a giant boa constrictor just got loose, you know, you still have to like (laughs) calm people down. And so I feel like. Um, little moments like that will be um, will be funny. Hopefully, if they do add those in, like those real world type of experiences along with the magic, especially the one guy that's like the glass. Where did the glass? Right, go? right, right. 
And so I feel like they they leaned a little too much into just the magic part of it in the movie. And of course, that was their focus. Like, I get it. But I I think in the show, it would be, um, I I hope that they keep a little bit of that, like, you know, people from Privet Drive experiencing something magical and having to, like, (laughs) deal with, like, the magic and the normalcy of, like, a, you know, a quote unquote boring London family um, or Surrey family, I guess. So hopefully, hopefully they do a little bit of both. Okay, sorry, Sarah Day. Go ahead. Um, yeah, so... They arrive home. Your sissy was talking to the snake. And they wait for Kirsten to leave before Jordan gives Harry his worst punishment to date. Mm-hmm. Um, right in the cupboard he goes... I would love to see, um, so the first paragraph of that, like, last section, which I think is the last couple pages of the book, or, sorry, of the chapter, um, when he's laying in his cupboard, wishing he had a watch because he doesn't know what time it was and he couldn't be sure the Dursleys were asleep until they were, Mm -hmm. he couldn't risk sneaking into the kitchen for some food. I would love to see scenes like that in the show where he is trying to sneak into the kitchen because there were quite a few times throughout the books where he was in a similar type of situation where he had to like sneak around the house and we didn't really like, we didn't really get any of that in the, in the um, movies. So I I would love to see those little things. Even putting that into the montage too. So like as he's in the cupboard, like we understand that he has, we know he's waiting to go get some food from the kitchen. I mean, he's right there. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And I can't wait until we're hired as the official montage experts for this series. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to add that to, like, that title to my yeah. – um, No, I'll add that to our Instagram. Official <laughs> montage experts. That's funny. Um, well, is there anything else you guys want to discuss about the chapter before we get into our business of it? Well, I mean, the business is just as much as discussing the chapter as anything. It just <laughs> focuses we're, our attention We're really bad at – we're really bad at separating peeves peeves from just our regular discussion more montage stuff you know since i'm the expert um that they could add is when he has when he has strange visions when he's either just straining his memory he says or in his head he's saying this or um when he's dreaming the blinding flash of green light we see that a couple times in the movies only when it's like a really really dramatic moment i feel like or he's in pain or something so I think it would be, I would like to see that happen more often, especially because in the second chapter, they're already talking about it. Now that you mention that in the films, it's when something dramatic happens, and there's that connection later that we find out that when his bra hurts, it's because Voldemort is feeling some kind of way. Yeah. And I'm wondering if there's some way they can hint at that because when he's seeing the green green flashes, or and I, we haven't gotten to this chapter yet, but I wonder if his scar has hurt at all in these ten years because we know mm. currently right now, spoiler warning, Voldemort <laughs> is on the back of um, Quirrell's head. Yeah. So as all this is happening, like Voldemort is starting to have these powerful emotions. So I'm wondering when that starts with Harry. When does his start to yeah you're we right just because... blew the minds of all the new listeners they're like what? <laughs> well hopefully they're not listening <laughs> hopefully yeah hopefully they're not listening to this um yeah i i'm i'm trying to remember the exact timeline when voldemort started to be on quarrel <laughs> and it was, um, it was during the summer so quarrel Oh, so right now was a okay. teacher at Hogwarts. Uh, and according to this is according to uh, the what's it called? Uh, the app on your phone. There's an app on it called Hogwarts Mystery. Fan club. Oh, no, it's called Hogwarts game. Mystery. It's a game where you take you create a character and you're going through the years. And it's actually years before harry starts school so by the time your character finishes hogwarts harry is starting hogwarts 
and Professor Quirrell uh, had a cameo in one of the special events, and he was the Muggle Studies teacher. Okay. Before everybody, and yeah. he so he was teaching at Hogwarts for a long time before he became the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, which and is is the game canon. Uh, according to most people, yes, but okay. I don't know if it's officially been. Yeah. I don't know if it's officially I, been. I could look into that and say that, but basically, from my knowledge, because I think it does say somewhere else uh, in the book as it kind of delves deeper into Coral's history, Coral has been a member of the staff for a while, and I always thought to myself, like, how long was Coral a member of the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher if the position's cursed? And the and the thing is, is that he wasn't. He was a different, uh, different teacher, teacher, and he ended up becoming the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, and then he died. Spoiler alert! Sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm g- I'll grab the reference book um, that MuggleNet. Um, I'll grab the reference book that Muggle- MuggleNet has published uh, before our next episode, and we can come back and see if they have any information on Quirrell in there. Um, so stay tuned. To- for our next episode, listeners, and we'll, we'll talk about Quarrel. Can I, um, before we go into our peeves peeves, so the last part of the chapter, um, a tiny man in a violet top hat bowed to him once while out shopping, and um, Petunia asked uh, if he knew that, if Harry knew that guy, and you know harry obviously didn't and then a wild looking old woman dressed in all green had waved merrily at him and then a bald man in a very long purple coat had shaken his hand the bald man in the purple coat is kingsley right is that what's implied oh is it i think it is because who else is a bald man in a long purple coat that we would see because i thought that it and i, I don't remember exactly why i why i think this maybe i'm just really smart no i think i saw it somewhere that um i don't know that that that's like the theory because i feel the reference book now and then and then the wild looking old woman dressed in all green i feel like the way that she describes it right is maybe who trelawney maybe or yeah because i'm trying to think of yeah i was trying to think of who would dress in all green like that or yeah or be a wild looking old woman um and then a tiny man really is she yeah and then a i don't know i mean i guess we don't really know we don't really know ages of most of them um and then a tiny man in a violet top hat is that one daedalus diggle or might be yeah because i know he makes little appearances throughout the series so definitely the one that was setting off fireworks in the last chapter i believe yeah so um i don't know if i'm just saying this and none of it's true and i'm putting you know false theories in people's heads but i i do really like these theories and so if they're true i would love to see that in the show because kingsley doesn't show up for a long time well and that's the beauty of doing the show now that all the books are out like we know all of the stuff so we can have characters that aren't going to show up until later books make little cameos in the first season yeah why not i mean that'd be so fun especially for i mean it'd be fun for us to see it because it's going to be a new cast at least so it would be little teasers for us but for people who have never watched it they really have a great opportunity now like you said because all the books have been written you know, the whole plot line's very established. There's a lot more backstory that JK has put out um, online. And so they have so much to work with. And so it would be, they have so much opportunity here to do little little details like that. And so, okay, well, I'm hoping for Kingsley to show up at the end of episode two. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an interesting that would be an interesting thing because then Kingsley would have basically been cast way before he even starts becoming a character in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, so maybe they wouldn't want to do not that. Not sure how they would do that because, like, grabbing an actor and saying, hey, by the way, I want you to play this character and you get to stay in contract with us for, like, five years before we can even introduce you. Right. They, and he... I'm trying to remember. Doesn't he show up though before he before he officially shows up? Like, aren't there other points where we find out later that it's him? There might. I, 
I just can't remember right now. Because he, when does Harry start going? Does he go to the ministry ever before his trial in book five? I don't no. think so. But I thought that, I know that at the, this is in the same book. So this, this isn't exactly what I'm thinking of. But um, at the beginning of book five, right? When the prime minister, that conversation's happening. Oh no, that's at the beginning of book six. And so that's when Kingsley is... We do have the uh, Quidditch World Cup, where yeah. a lot of people are there, which isn't until season four, um, we would think. But I, um, Yeah, I feel like, well, this is why we're doing this, folks, because I feel like there's going to be a lot of these details that, because we're going so slowly through the books and, like, talking about it and analyzing it, I feel like there's going to be a lot of these things that we will these little Easter eggs that we probably didn't even notice before or crazy theories that we're coming up with if they're not real <laughs> Easter eggs. But um, anyway, so I that's, guess we'll like find I out. Said, that's the beauty. Like oh, if, if these three people that you just mentioned are in fact characters that come back later in the books, the show can make them because we know right. what's going to happen. And I think that's going to be the beauty of the show is that um, they, they don't have to wait until the books come out. Like, I think Dobby is a perfect example of this, that they introduced him in book two, but didn't know how important he was going to be in book uh, seven, uh, that they just left him out of the films. But he has such an integral role in um, four, five, and six. Yes. That his death in book seven is so much more impactful to Harry and to us as readers because we have this relationship with him that just wasn't in the movies because they didn't know. Right. Oh my god, I cannot wait until we get to the analyses for books to movies four and five, because those are the <laughs> longest books, so that's where they cut the most out. Um, oh, and yes. I, yeah, I can't lot. wait. Complete characters and storylines from I book know. four were cut. S-P-E-W? I mean... That's just for Winky. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway... <laughs> Um, let's talk about what we liked about this chapter's adaptation. Um, Megan? Um, what I, I don't sigh because I can't think of anything. It, because I did enjoy it. Um, I mean, I think that over, overall, like the parts that they, that they did put into the movie, even though they, as, as we've just explained, they did leave out a lot of details, but I think that the parts that they did put in were very accurate they were magical, which is, you know, the whole point of this is it's a story about magic. And, you know, they did, they totally showed that the Dursleys weren't good people. They showed um, right off the bat that Dudley was really spoiled. And um, so I think that they did, they did a good job. It just was too short. They just took out too much detail. But I, but I do think that they did a good job of like, you know, they had really good music with all of the, the little scenes and the little moments um, the snake scene, even though, you know, that the, we talked about the parcel tongue conversation, but like overall, it, the, that was pretty accurate. And, um, and I think that they did a good job with what they did and what they decided to keep in. I do think that they did a really good job with it. So that's a very vague um, answer for what I liked. <laughs> I think the moral of each episode is going to be that the movie was rushed. It seems that seems to be the common theme each week. Well, and and you it's know, not they thing... didn't have a lot of, like, it's not like they didn't have a lot of, like, I don't know, choice in the matter. Right, Because right. Yeah. movies have to fit no, a different standard yeah. and all of that stuff. But And one thing I was thinking of, too, this week is, like, I wonder how different these movies, well, we'll just talk about the first one. I wonder how much different the first movie would have turned out if they made it now for the first time, as opposed to in 2001 because entertainment was so different in 2001 the way that movies and tv shows were being structured were really different and i feel like mid 2000s to late 2000s it, it a lot of things shifted and i mean part of that is that you know cgi got a lot better comedy evolved like really rapidly during that time and so I think that, and then like superhero movies were starting to get really popular towards the end of the 2000s, um, as we know, of course, with Marvel. And so I think that there's so much that, you know, Hollywood learned 
in the last 20 years. And so to think about if they made these movies for the first time, like, you know, like we took the same amount of knowledge that they had for the the books that had been released at that point when they started and they have the same actors, same director, same everything, but it was transported into 2020 instead or the you know around this time period i feel like the movie even if they still condensed it and took out stuff i feel like the the vibe of it probably would have been a lot different just because entertainment's evolved yeah maybe not we should do a whole episode on that okay (laughs) um james what did you like about this chapter's adaptation oh this chapter was very interesting I think my my peeves preference is going to have to be more on the lines of just getting to know the dynamic of Harry's relationship with the with the Dursleys, and 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 more on top of that because like I mean as we've discussed like we didn't really get a lot of that and to me part of the reason why I love the Dursley story arc is because of that relationship they have with Harry from beginning to end and how it turns from a I don't know what to do with you I really don't like what you represent because you ruin my world's perspective to you have done so much for my family without even asking and all I have given you is hate and I wish there was more I could do to show you how much I appreciate you, uh, which is kind of just all I see. So, I love the I I love the fact that they build upon that relationship, and that it keeps building. Like I, when we talk about chapter three, I'm gonna go all out on mm. what I think about is going on in there because I just love how deep the characters are in that chapter and in the and and in in this chapter we kind of get like a little glimpse of it but like we get way more into it in the next chapter and i'm just like ah i really wish that they were more prevalent in the movies and that they were really more prevalent there because a lot of people don't realize how important they were to Harry's life and, and we get we we get a good feel about that towards the end of the series and books six and seven when Dumbledore's talking to Harry about the reason why he has to stay in all this stuff um and it's part of part of because there you know I'm not gonna say there was a love like deep deep love but there was a type of love in the end, that they all had each other, even though it may not be something that we considered now, but because there there was something there, and it built upon itself, Voldemort would never have been able to touch Harry while he was at that house. And that was because the love was there, and if he had just abandoned them and left, then, then you know the spell would have been broken, and then all would have completely turned to something different. And so their relationship, I feel like, is super important, and I really liked that we got to see that. Mm-hmm. My piece was there's a lot more symbols. Mm-hmm. That's just definitely falling into the snitches. <laughs> and like- Piers. Both Piers and Dudley fell into the snake cage. I completely missed that in my reread. That is so funny. I don't know how. They they both were just like, oh, and they both fell in. And it was hilarious to Harry. Wow. I completely missed that Pierce was in there, too. But um, I like in the film that the glass comes back and Dudley's. Oh, I think that that definitely needs to be kept. And I think that would add to the drama, too, that you were talking about earlier, Meeks. If the glass comes back, then yeah, there's more drama to figure out how to get Dudley out of there. Yeah, well, and I love. Okay, this is sorry. Are we on Peeves Peeves or Peeves Pleasures? Okay, pleasures. My my Peeves Pleasure. Now that you say that, and it is when Petunia, it, she kills it. By the way, her acting absolutely kills yes. it, and especially in this movie because she has, which we'll talk about in the next chapter but she has like her monologue scene 
which she does so good at. And I remember even thinking as a little kid, I was like, wow, like this is great. Like she's, she's making me like feel things, you know? Um, but when she sees that Dudley is trapped behind the glass and she goes up to him and is screaming, it is so funny. Like it's so, I mean, I'm not a big, like ridiculous, like giant guffaw, slap your knee type of comedy person, but that, the way that they do that scene, I think is perfect. Like she just does such a good job at like screaming and like her facial expressions and stuff I think are so funny. And Dudley does it. <laughs> I think Dudley does a great job screaming back yes. as well. And okay. It's funny that you mention the two of them and their acting during that scene, because when I was watching it, I noticed that Vernon and I'm like, what is the actor for Vernon doing back there. Like, he doesn't seem concerned at all. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. He's just freaking the fuck out. That's right. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, talk to us a little bit about your PC in this adaptation. Me? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, just like we I'm trying to think if there's like anything really specific. I I think, and this is probably just going to be a theme of mine throughout <laughs> probably all of the movies is when they add in a random line here and there, that's really accurate to the books. And it's like, I get it, but it feels like they just do like a milestone marker to say like, Oh, okay. We put that line in now we can adapt it and do what we want, but we got to put this line in. I would rather them be consistently, slightly off if they're going to do that then have a random line that's exactly the same because then it makes you feel like okay I remember that line from the book but you just miss like all of this other stuff so I think that that's my probably my permanent peeves peeves (laughs) is that yeah and so that's that's something that I I did not appreciate noticing that there were like one or two little things that they put in that were like exactly accurate but then missed a whole bunch of other stuff you have an example from the scene? Um, I think when, I guess, I, it's hard because this isn't, I don't think that they like did it poorly necessarily. So it's more just the overall concept. So like when, mm-hmm. like we talked about earlier, when um they're getting in the car and Vernon says like word for word, you know, no funny business. Right. So the way that he acted that was fine. Like it, it's not an issue with like how that was directed or how that was acted, but there's like so much before and after context that I feel like was missed. And so it just seems kind of like, okay, okay. I get that. Like you're putting it in so that we, as the audience know that that guy's mean, but it just didn't really like match. It does feel out of place. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. James, what about you? What was your piece peeves? My piece peeves was in the book. And this is probably just very minor and being, being me being very picky. But in the book, the snake is from Brazil. But when it, there's a line the snake says as he's escaping. It basically says, like, I'm on my way to Brazil. Or here I come, Brazil. And, and then he says, thanks, amigo. And that bugs the crap out of me because Brazil speaks Portuguese, not Spanish. But I did look it up because I saw that and that made me pause. And I was like... That seems, it just seemed a little like, well, late 90s, but it is Amigo that, like, they use the same word. So I did look that up because I was, like, a little bit peeved about it, um, but it, 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 it is still Amigo in Portuguese. However, if we have any listeners that are Brazilian or who speak Portuguese and want to correct us or, or correct JK or something, please, please do, but... um but that did, that made me pause as well, James, when I <laughs> when I reread it this week. Uh, first of all, I love that you both are the Ravenclaws and will do this fact checking for us <laughs> week to week. Um, but second of all, not to mention though that he was raised in this cage in London. So how did he even know the word amigo? It's a great question. James, I'm sorry to to jump in when you were talking about your peeves and take over. Well, either way, like, I just, I don't know. I can't imagine, I can't imagine just having that be the phrase the snake would say. Yes. Uh, It felt like. It it did not feel 
Yeah. It, it did not feel like that. It, it just it felt a little bit more <laughs> on the term of like a term I don't want to necessarily bring up because I don't it want felt, to necessarily it do felt that on like podcast, an ignorant but... 90s type of comment. I, exactly. There you go. You're talking about if it they were made today it would be a completely different film yeah well and but i do like that in the film at least they didn't put that in he just said thanks and that's all so i do and i remember in the book or when the movie came out i remember thinking okay they there's another line that they cut because i remember that the the snake had said something longer but reading it back now i'm glad that they only said thanks you know and didn't <laughs> say thanks amigo on my way to brazil like in the movie i feel like that would have not hit very well um but also it was made in a in a certain time where that was not as weird no it definitely wasn't but i i was just like no i don't like this this yeah this, this is no good. I... this was a good thing they kept out yes i do totally agree with that speaking of themes um and we'll probably have similar these peeves throughout our recording, our episodes. I just felt everything was rushed again. Um, so nothing specific other than I just felt this section of the film compared to the chapter was just really rushed and a lot of stuff left out again. Well, moving on to our Weasley salutes. <laughs> Any standout characters or moments? that you guys want to talk about? Personally, I just said the snake because I didn't have really anything. <laughs> so I said, you know what? If my preference is deadly falling into the cage, then let my salute be the snake. Go live your life. <laughs> Go to Brazil. I wonder how he would ever get to Brazil from mm -hmm. I was just the thinking United that. Kingdom. Like, I, I want to be so positive and so... Like, <laughs> thinking to myself like he did it he made it to brazil but i like keep thinking about it logically and i'm just like how is he even gonna get out of the city <laughs> because... um, okay so i know that i mention our houses all the time but do you guys know those memes um where there's like something happens and then there's the comments and they're like oh there's the ravenclaw oh there's the gryffindor yeah i feel like I never even would have thought about how does the snake get to Brazil. I'm just like, go live your life. Yay, snake, the Hufflepuff. And you guys are like, the Raven Falls, how does he get there? That's funny. <laughs> just let him live, man. I guess I am a Ravenclaw after all. <laughs> totally, um, you are. I know, I know. Um, I think my Weasley salute is... Um, petunia's acting um i think that that was i'm sorry what i'm blanking on her name what's her name fiona In... shaw thank you i knew it was something with an f um i think fiona's acting was just wonderful and i think it she continues you know in later chapters actor. And other She's stuff so that she does too like her most yeah. recent thing that i re i i recently saw was in andor Oh, uh, and she plays Andor's mother, Cassie and oh. Andor's mother. Uh, she oh, her adop I the did... adoptive mother, and she. I think did I remember that. Awesome. Don't take too much because I haven't seen it yet, so don't go too many. I I won't go into any details. Obviously, I won't go into any details. But I'm basically <laughs> saying like her acting was so well done in everything from like the beginning of the season to the very end of the season, like what she did was just like oh man and i'm just like oh goodness gracious she is such a great actor yeah yeah she's awesome she's my salute my salute is go for this chapter is going <laughs> to have to be the uh the car ride because at that <laughs> moment i feel like we get quite a few things kind of reveling in like reveling into it and just like it 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 it's such a simple thing to uh, to have put together and to to show the audience and it probably wouldn't have taken that much but it it just has so much impact 
like to show Harry's, Harry's joy feeling and to what Vernon's like character is and Petunia's just sitting there mind her own business and letting her husband like do do this little thing about him complaining about work and Dudley and Piers are back there probably like being all boyish and maybe throwing a few punches at Harry or trying to hit him and whatever I just like there there could be so much in there and there was a lot in the book that I just felt like could set up so much like if they left out if they left out a good chunk of chapter two if they put together the show and left out a good chunk of chapter two I would not be upset if uh, if they still added the car scene like the car scene could become something that's just it gives us the the things that we want without adding too much to kind of set the tone to set the tone of the show because like it it gives us an insight into how harry's feeling and we can maybe hear his thoughts and and all this stuff because the book does it so well and you're kind of just like i'm so excited for harry because he gets to go to the zoo and it's so great and yeah that's so true yeah i yeah i completely agree with that Well, any final thoughts before we sign off tonight? Um, I don't think I so. I am good. I think we did. We, I think I'm just ready to talk about chapter three. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for causing havoc with us today. Next time we will be discussing chapter three, the letters from no one. And this is minute eight thirty three to twelve fifty four of the film forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and leave a five-star review if you're as mischievous as we are. If you have any feedback, leave us a voicemail at 409-422-3378. That's 409-GABFEST. Or leave us or email us at pleasegabfest at gmail.com. Also, join in the discussion in our Facebook group at Until next time, Ickle Firsties.